0: It's time for the Plan With Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now
1: let's Plan With Dan. Well, hello and welcome for another edition of the Plan With Dan podcast. I'm Mark Haywood, alongside Dan Betzel in the studio. Say hello to the fine folks out there, Dan. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back again. Good, as always, to be with you, Dan. Dan is the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the Greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna near the airport. As always, for past podcasts, for your questions, we now have a great blog resource. You can find all of that online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, excited to be back with you. As you remember, I was getting married on the last podcast. If anybody, yeah,
0: congratulations. Hopefully the
1: followers remember that. And now I'm back and just ready to get started back in life, you know?
0: Glad you're back. Congratulations again.
1: Good to be here with you. Good to be here with you. Dan, it's time now for In the News.
0: Extra, extra,
1: read all about it. Well, we do, as always, like to take some of the recent headlines out there in the world and see how we can apply them to our finances. Dan, Netflix briefly surpassed Disney in market value a few weeks back. Is this a changing of the guard in
0: the investing world or more of a trend that won't last forever? You know, uh, that's a great question. I saw that article, too. I thought I was fascinated when I read it. I guess I would encourage our listeners to look at it, you know, in a little different way. I think the big picture, you know, it's all about progress and the competitiveness, you know, of the marketplace. You know, it Disney's not going to take this sitting down. They're already saying they're going to strike back. They no longer are going to work cooperatively with Netflix. And they're releasing their own streaming of shows to compete with Netflix. And then Netflix immediately responds back, hey, we're also going to put a lot of our energy in increasing our international viewership and we want to get our international, you know, monthly subscriptions up. So I mean, to me, this is really just another example of innovation and progress. I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, this is way before your time, Mark, but you know, you had to take your pictures and you had to take them to the drugstore and you had to wait seven or 10 days and then they came back. And sometimes, you know, you got somebody else's pictures. I mean, it was like craziness, right? And then Kodak came back and said, well, we can do it in one day, you know. And now what do we have today? Today we have instantaneous ability to, you know, capture photos and send them across the world. So I look at it as competitiveness in the marketplace which is going to fuel progress which i think ultimately is going to help the consumer but what it does tell me is we cannot be engaged in you know stock picking or market timing and if you have a very diversified portfolio sit back relax and let's see what happens and i i believe that both netflix and disney you know will figure a way forward for themselves and their company and ultimately for the benefit of the consumer
1: there's room for both in this world. Hopefully they don't impact our wallets too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please stay at what is it, seven ninety nine or is it nine ninety nine now for Netflix? Whatever it is, I hope it stays there.
0: In that same article, they said they will not go higher than fifteen dollars. Good their goal. Good, so, yeah.
1: good. We gotta have our Netflix. That's important yeah, stuff. It so, is for sure. The uh, crown's coming back. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh man. I haven't seen season two yet. I'm on season one, so don't ruin it. fantastic I won't, I won't. show. It is. Oh man, we digress. Well, this has been this week's in the news it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you Well, we do always love to take your questions here on the mailbag. Of course, you can submit them online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Just hop over to the contact page, enter in your information, and the question you too could be featured on the Plan with Dan podcast. We have a question today from Barry in Pickerington. Barry says, Dan, I feel good about the amount that we have in savings relative to the income that we'll actually need in retirement. However, I'm worried about nursing home costs, and I don't really have a good feel for how to plan for that. What's your
0: normal approach? Well, Barry, first of all, I want to commend you for asking such a great, insightful question. And you know, you're know, you right. That is one of the areas in financial planning that is often overlooked. None of us want to really think or talk about it. But you know, one of the, I think, the five crucial areas of uh, holistic financial planning is risk management. And your question basically goes to that issue. Like, how am I going to manage this potential risk of long-term care? And you're right. We're looking at eight it's hard to believe, but in the Columbus area, you could be looking at eight to $10,000 a month you know, for your long-term care. So it's certainly a conversation that you have to have with your financial advisor as well as with your spouse and your family. But I, I will give you one, I think, innovative way to approach this. I'm not saying it's for you, it's for everybody, but it's something to think about. So a lot of people don't like Long term care insurance because they feel they're never going to have to use it. But, uh, you know, the life insurance profession has come up with what I call a hybrid policy. Just for example, let's say you get a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. There's a special rider on it that allows you to access that policy for long term care for yourself and your spouse. If you don't ever access it, well, then your beneficiaries get the face value. If you do need it, then you use that portion of the $100,000 for long-term care. What's ever left goes down to your children. Now, I'm oversimplifying just to make the point. And you got to talk to somebody knowledgeable to make sure that this is the right thing for you. You know, I really really commend you for the question and encourage you to, to keep asking and to get some information. If you'd like, I have a chapter in my book, uh, Stress-Free Retirement, exactly about this issue. I'd love to send it to you. Just go on to my website, request the book, and I'll get it out to you as soon as possible. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com,
1: and this has been The Mailbag. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Well, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you might remember last time on the podcast, us introducing a Mind Over Money segment. Here it is. Dan, this week, let's talk about recency bias.
0: Yeah, you know, if you remember, I really love behavioral finance. Lots of great information out there. And it really does help me, I believe, to be a better financial advisor. But So there's this thing called recency bias. And so what that means is that what happened recently, we believe or we convince ourselves, sometimes even unconsciously, that it's going to continue to happen. And I have this all the time in my office. Like, for example, in two thousand and eight, someone came in to see me. Well, a lot of people came in to see me, and a lot of them had lost significant amounts of money in their portfolio. So even no matter what I did to really try to show them you know how they should invest and how much risk was involved, the experiences they they just recently had had, you know, with the market you know plummeting and often some losing forty percent of their portfolio, it had such a significant impact on them that they really invested in a very conservative way. Now, what happens? Now, 2018 they come in and they're kind of angry that their balanced portfolio has only been averaging 8% and why are they not getting 12 or 13%? Well, it's because your investment philosophy, I believe, was heavily impacted by what you had recently experienced. And we got to be careful because now that the market's at an all-time high, that can also impact your recency bias because you think it's always going to be high. So I really encourage people just to be aware of this tendency we all have as humans to take what we've experienced recently and project it forward. It's always going to be that way. And in reality, you know, prudent investing means to step outside of that recency bias to as much as we can, look long-term, and say, how much risk can I actually take? How am I going to respond in up markets? How am I going to respond in down markets? Because what you don't want to do is to be very conservative after you've lost some money, and then when the market's at an all-time high, suddenly become aggressive. And part of my job is to help people to become aware of this and to help them, guide them through it help them to see this recency bias or hindsight bias that we all have, including myself, and to make it the decision that's best for them and not to be too overly impacted by what I call this recency bias.
1: Stay invested for the long run. That's what it's all about. And of course, you can reach out to Dan's team with any questions you may have about that. He'd be happy to hopefully educate you a little more on the topic and help you find that balance of emotions and analytics when it comes to investing in your portfolio. Dan, let's jump into the topic of the day here. We're going to talk about your money's mission statements. I don't know about you, Dan, but the temptation is to leave money sitting around, right? We know we have these nebulous accounts out there, but we don't always know what they're doing for us. And I really just feel convicted that it's important to give our dollars a purpose to put them to work for us and to develop a sound strategy in our portfolio.
0: Yeah, I agree totally with you. I mean, you know, it all depends on where you are in life. Some people come to me and they have some of these pieces already in place, and some are just starting out. And, you know, I love working with all different types of of investors, wherever they are in the investment cycle, you know, but for most people, they can easily see the importance of having an emergency fund. But you want to have cash available, you know, at a moment's notice. Now, you know, there's some, uh, I guess, art involved in this. Some people say you need maybe three months of monthly expenses as emergency funds. Some people will say as much as six months. Uh, I think it all depends on your situation. If you're single, maybe three or four months is enough. But if you have, you know, a couple of children, you might be looking at six or seven months. And that, that's the money. that's sleep at night money. You know, if the car breaks, you don't have to put it on a credit card. Last year, we get up in the middle of, of December and the furnace doesn't work. You know, you got to get a new furnace and you don't have a lot of time <laughs> to, to mess around with it, right? You got to get the furnace because it's freezing outside. So you got to have an emergency fund, you know, and it's okay. People say, well, I just don't want my money sitting in the bank not working. But the purpose of that money is is just to be there to help you weather the storm, help you sleep at night, and its primary purpose, you know, our liquidity and safety and to protect you and your family in the midst of a storm. So yeah, number one mission statement, get your emergency fund.
1: All right, Dan. After you've weathered the
0: storm, you want to have money for your big ticket items in life. What do those include? Yeah, so I, this is something I really talk to people. Again, when they're getting ready to retire, we try to get really clear about any big ticket items they may have. Sometimes they want to buy, you know, a mobile home, and they want to take that, you know, trip across the country. I actually have someone doing that right now, and they're having a fantastic time. Some people want to go. Whole life have wanted to go to Paris, so they, you know, actually have a client right now in Paris, and they're in Paris, you know, celebrating their their retirement. Some people want to take the entire family, you know, children, son-in-laws, grandchildren on a Disney cruise, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you want to buy the log cabin, but whatever it is, get really clear about that and find out how you can fund that so you're not behind the eight ball. You know, it's really powerful to put the money down and then go on the trip. To put the money down and and have the renovation of your kitchen paid for already. To buy that you know cabin in the woods and pay for it and have it paid for by the time that you retire. So yeah, get really clear about those big ticket items and save for them, earmark a certain portion of your money for them, and you'll feel a great sense of accomplishment and a great sense of peace of mind as you move into your retirement.
1: All right, Dan, we've set aside money for an emergency fund. We've set aside money. For your big ticket items, something that is huge in retirement is remembering to generate predictable
0: monthly income. Wow, that is so true. And I think that we as a profession, as financial planners, we often sometimes, especially during the working years where our clients are still working, we emphasize growing your portfolio, growing your portfolio. And then suddenly we have to change gears because the reason we are growing that portfolio is so that we can provide a predictable monthly income. So yeah, take the time. Take the time to meet with someone, to get clear about you know, what are your sources of income, how predictable are they? Social Security is fairly predictable. Pension, fairly predictable. If you are wanting to pull money out of your portfolio, what can you do to make that more predictable? You know, So it's really, really important that even as you're entering this period of what you could call uh, maybe somewhat facetiously permanent unemployment, we also call that retirement, <laughs> that you can be sure that you're going to get a consistent regular paycheck because getting that consistent regular paycheck is absolutely so important to creating a powerful, peaceful time of retirement where you can give back to your community, give back to your children, and just enjoy those years together.
1: All right, Dan, there are a couple of other mission statements to throw in the mix. Those are, include growth, fun money, health care. One I really want to hit on before we finish, though, is legacy here on the day's podcast. That's a decision that you'll often have to make as a couple, whether you want to leave a legacy to children, grandchildren, but it's an important one to think through and then think through how you're gonna do it if you decide you want to do that.
0: Yeah. I always talk about the five areas of holistic, you know, estate planning. And know, one is estate planning, you know, legacy planning, however you want to, to call it. This one is particularly, I believe, significantly powerful and important to me because I did practice estate planning law for I guess about seventeen or eighteen years, and I really loved helping guide families to set up a legacy that was powerful for them, giving what they want, to whom they want, when they want, and the way they want. And, you know, sometimes it's it's just very powerful to be able to help or maybe even pay for a grandchild's, you know, college education. I mean, could you imagine what an amazing gift that you're going to give? That gift is not only going to educate that child, but that's going to continue down to your great-grandchildren in the sense that you've, you know, helped your grandchild get that education. Maybe there's, you know, a religious institution that you really believe strongly in that's very powerful and, and you want to give back to it because it's had such an impact on your life. These are are just really really i think very personal decisions they're very powerful decisions and most people when they come to terms with what type of legacy they want to leave and who they want to leave it to and how they want to leave it to them it's just really fun just to see this sense of accomplishment of contentment you know of peace kind of come over them because they've taken the steps you know, to express gratitude for those people and their family that they love and for those institutions that have been important and powerful in their lives, and they want, they want that to continue. And that's what we all, I believe, want, is we want to have a legacy. And uh, I just think that's vitally important for people to consider, and I encourage them to think about it and to think about what a difference they can continue to make in the world and how much fun it is and how meaningful it is for me to assist people in dealing with those issues.
1: So, Dan, as we wrap up the podcast today, we've talked about giving our money purpose, right? These money mission statements, as we like to call them. And that's something that's probably new to a lot of folks listening if they haven't done that before. Or maybe you have done that, but it's time to kind of get back in tune with your finances, check in, see how you're doing in some of those different areas we've discussed. What does it look like if folks want to come in and see you and
0: get that process started? Yeah, well, if you go to my website, I actually have the 20 must answer questions, you know, for your journey toward peace of mind, and the first question I always ask, what is your true purpose for money? So uh, there's a lot of different avenues, ways people can begin to approach this. They can go to my website. They can click on my educational videos. And in my educational video, I have one that's housed on YouTube called Your True Purpose for Money. There's a workbook you can uh, download. You can write me. I'll send it to you in a link and send you the workbook. You can call, make an appointment, however you'd like to proceed. But I just encourage you to take those steps, educate yourself. You'll be very glad that you did
1: yes i do want to take a second to hype up that website it's betzelwealthadvisors.com and it is loaded with resources for you as you begin your journey towards planning towards retirement or even if you are retired and want to stay up to date it's a great resource for that it's betzelwealthadvisors.com betzelwealthadvisors.com on that website you'll find this podcast you'll find dan's blog you'll find links to a retirement toolkit that you can get that's chock full of goodies. These videos Dan's talked about, it's all on BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, as always, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks a lot. It was great. Great to be with you again. Good to be with you. And we'll do it all again next time on another edition of Plan Your Day. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.